there are many, many, many incredible events in the Bible. Water in the desert flowing from a rock hit by Moses' stick. Oil that can pour and pour from a poor widow's jar. Jonah surviving being thrown in the sea by being swallowed by a big fish. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego not burning up in the fiery furnace and so on and so forth. And that's only Old Testament, isn't it? We then get into the new and see Jesus break bread for over 5,000 people. Heal lepers, lame and blind people. How he walked on water and how Peter walked too for a brief instant. And then of course his death defying power. Talitha Kum and the little girl rises from her deathbed. Lazarus come out and his friend leaves the tomb. And then the celebration that we had last Sunday. The resurrection. God's not dead. We declared he's alive. Many incredible events. And to some, these are too incredible for them to believe. Some people don't believe it's possible. They, they try and say, well, maybe it was all metaphor. Maybe even some church leaders tried to take the miracle away. But that denies something of the faith. If we do not believe that God can do the thing that nature would say is impossible, then what sort of God do we have? Our passage today reveals the very nature of the God who is all-powerful. When the disciples see the risen Lord, when they see Jesus, the Son of the Heavenly Father, we get to see something of God's great glory. It's not simply that they witness that Jesus, who had been on the cross, has risen from the grave. But within the passage, there is the wondrous truth of God that he loves you and cares for you. He cares for each one of us. He seeks us to be his children. That's what this passage is about. We see the risen Jesus. 
and he reveals what has happened to him that we might have life. And even though we might be people who doubt, he comes to us, reveals himself, and asks us to move forwards with him and to speak of his truth. In this passage, we see that it is not enough that Jesus took the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders. How he received those wounds in his hands, in his side, and also in his feet, as we have sung. He shows to the disciples that the Son of God's purpose is incomplete if we put the full stop at the cross. To be effective, it requires also that we believe in him. You might want to remember those well-known words at the start of Jesus' ministry. When at the night time, a Pharisee, Nicodemus, who would later lay Jesus in the tomb... Nicodemus comes to Jesus and Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God has given his Son, who has shown the depth of love on the cross, offering forgiveness of sin, but for an individual to gain eternity, they need to believe. They need to put their trust in him. At the crack of dawn, when Jesus had risen, before Mary Magdalene and friends had gone to the tomb, it would seem that although there had been crowds of people who would follow Jesus, there were no believers. Near the empty tomb, she encountered who she at first thought was a gardener and then discovered the truth. Jesus, alive. Today's reading, it's the disciples' turn. These apostles... They're in a room in Jerusalem, perhaps the place where they had shared the meal on the Thursday night, where Jesus had said that his body would be broken and that his blood would be shed. They were there together again. At various times in the past, they had made confessions of truth. They'd maybe even said that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Christ. 
but they have not yet understood the full truth. And without their awakening, it is unlikely that the world will realise what God has done. The disciples have heard the women's voice, but they are fearful of the authorities. They don't accept the truth. They hide locked inside. But this is not the time for a knock at the door. Instead, suddenly among them is Jesus saying, Peace be with you. And these words from Jesus, although they might have commonly been said as a greeting at the time, from Jesus they mean more than hello, more than good morning or good evening. It's more than saying, do not be afraid. Because he comes and says, peace be with you. And that is the whole purpose of his presence. The purpose of the Christ is to bring God's peace into the world. It's summarised in those few words. It's saying, may the presence of God's kingdom be with you. May you know it in all its fullness. May peace be with you. Now the Greek word that we have for peace can also be translated as harmony. A call to come together as one with our unique differences being blended to give a sweet sound. The right sound. A chord that serves God's purpose. Perhaps we heard a little harmony in Northern Ireland this week as people gathered in St Anne's Cathedral in Belfast for the funeral of Lyra McKee. How those with many differences came and sang together and were challenged on the thought of peace. How awful it is that it takes the death of a young woman to bring together Protestant and Catholic. But may there be a peace growing out of that dreadful reminder of the troubles. May there be a harmony among the different sounds, the different voices. Peace be with you. And the disciples are delighted. The events of the past three years and all they pointed to come into focus. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus didn't come just for those ten in the locked room. 
Their purpose over those years had been to learn and grow as disciples so that in turn they would become teachers, the new communicators of God's great love, of his way, his truth, his life. So Jesus breathes upon them his Holy Spirit. He breathes his Spirit, giving life, just as back at creation we have Adam's nostrils being breathed into, forming humanity. As God created humanity, So he breathes life into humans for us to serve his purpose with the Holy Spirit within. To speak of truth and to serve his holy will. Yet no sooner, no sooner are these people that know Jesus, these people that are equipped by the Holy Spirit... these people that have experienced the truth of the resurrection, no sooner has this all happened, yet they are immediately faced with a friend that they know that doubts. It's the challenger, the, the challenge that faces many an evangelist. It's the challenge that faces probably all of us. We know the truth, but yet we also know someone that won't listen. You might remember us being here three, three weeks ago and thinking of Thomas. He'd heard that Lazarus was dead. And Jesus said, let's go to Judea. Let's go there. Let's put ourselves into that place of danger. And Thomas bluntly said, let us also go that we may die with him. Let us go. Let's go to that place of danger. And whether there's a sarcastic element in his voice or not, he willingly goes along. And that means that he would have been there along with Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus when Jesus speaks and calls him out. He would have witnessed that great power over death. Seen life in one that had not been living. But yet when his friends say to him, we have seen the risen Jesus, we've seen the wounds. He responds saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Unless I can do it. Unless I can reach out 
unless I touch. What a struggle for his friends. What a struggle that week to know the risen Lord and yet have one a close friend one that had been on that journey but who refuses to believe there may be people that we struggle to shape our faith with but that does not mean we should not shape our faith but we need to trust in Jesus and seek the Lord's way that that message of hope can inspire and change them and bring them alive in the way that we know life Jesus appears a week after Easter he's back in that locked room the door's still getting locked and says again peace be with you may the kingdom be here may it be among us may we experience it in its fullness And he says, go on then, reach out, touch. And what we see, what we read, is not Thomas reaching out. It's not Thomas taking his finger and going, prod. Jesus offers that, but that's not what happens. All the words relate to seeing, not touching. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Not because you've touched me. No. When Thomas sees Jesus, the change happens. Thomas, the disciple, proclaims, My Lord and my God. That Jesus, who was dead, is alive. He knows it. He feels it deep in his heart. And he makes a confession of faith that goes beyond what we've previously heard. He makes a statement of willingness to serve. Well, he'd already talked about serving. Let us also go. Back in John 11. But now he said, my Lord... The person that I'm going to serve. And my God. The Lord Almighty. <laughs> a st- 
statement of willingness to serve, but also a recognition of who Jesus is. Second person of the Trinity, well, he doesn't quite put it in such a theological term. But God's presence here on earth. Thomas is again ready to go. He's ready, if necessary, to die. Because his friend is not only his Lord, but God. I wonder, is this statement also true for us? What does our faith mean? What does it call us to declare at the top of our voice? We have to see who Jesus is and believe and follow. So far in the Gospels, each believer has seen the risen Jesus. Mary in the morning, ten or so disciples in the Easter evening. Thomas a week later. But the reason the gospel is written is so that those who have not seen, those that Jesus has not come into the locked room and suddenly appeared and revealed his wounds to, those people, people like us, might believe and trust with our heart. The life of the risen Jesus offers us life. And that's the purpose of the church too. To speak and sing in here. And to go out there and speak and sing. And declare that Jesus is our Lord and our God. The incredible wonders, the signs, the miracles of Old and New Testament each show God's power. But also something of how God intends the earth to be a place of justice, peace and love. How he longs for that harmony to come upon the earth. How he longs for order to come into our times of disorder. The life we have been given is not just for us. As the Father sent Jesus, so we are sent onwards to take the message of God's peace to seek the coming kingdom of God. Amen.